I always like that you and I are able to share beverages virtually. <laughs> what do you a got? twisted tea kind of day. What do you got over there? A cream puff, uh, cream puff cocktail. <laughs> what the heck is that? Uh, it's, just a, it's just a cold brew with vodka in it. <laughs> I, I don't know about cream puff, but alcoholic coffee for savages. And La Plata. I, mean, I, I, I don't exactly want to fall asleep yet, but I also want well, a little something, something to uh, contend with my day. <laughs> Why are you laughing? You have any tokens for the machine down the street? Welcome to the Why Are You Laughing podcast. <laughs> oh, it's so nice to. Uh... To always have you on. Welcome. Um, you know, it's been it's been a minute since you and I hooked up. It really has. What's uh what what when was the last time? It was uh, uh March uh, or February or something? It, I feel like yeah, it had to be at the beginning of the year, probably I'd say. Yeah, it was right? earlier it's on. Been a minute, something like that. Been a few months. In general, like just it's been a minute since I talked to you, like in general. Like when I called you the other day, we hadn't spoken in a while. It, it, it had been a bit. I've I've had uh, quite I, the summer. I was worried about you. <laughs> As you should be. <laughs> Talk to me about this. Uh, you know, when we were talking on the phone the other day. You said you were having some trouble with sleeping. Like it's. Uh, I mean, there was there was an episode on Rogan, uh, like fourteen oh nine. I think is the name the n- number of the episode where he had like a sleep expert on who came out with this book called Why We Sleep and, like, why it's so important to get that REM cycle in. Like, talk to me about what's been happening with you lately. Uh, well, I've got one of those brains that doesn't quite shut down. And if I and my, I'm also one of those people who hates things being unresolved. And uh, I just uh, tend to constantly be in a, in a cycle of insanity for that kind of stuff. So... For the past four years, I've had a lot of stress, and I've had an anxiety disorder for quite a while that I've dealt pretty decently with for the most part, but it still creeps up, usually at night, if I can distract myself most of the time, you know, I can push through it, but yeah, usually at night when I'm just laying there, that's when it's just the brain just won't stop, so I was struggling with sleep, but I had a kind of a workload on me, so it's like... I had to get some sleep beforehand, so I had to take sleeping pills for like the past four years. And recently, I cut out one of the uh, larger sources of work that was feeding me a lot of like cheaper work. And it was mostly consistent, but required me to be like driving constantly. So I would have to be up at, you know, specific times and I can't exactly mess around with not sleeping. But anyway, I cut them out and... Uh, now I have a little bit more of a flexible schedule that's, you know, kind of mostly dictated by myself. So I was just like, well, if there's any time to get off these things, because I've, I've also realized like last four years, my memory is like not good. Like I can't retain a lot of stuff like I used to. Uh, and I don't think that's necessarily age or it's like more specifically just like how I go to sleep. You know, I don't retain because, you know, you process memories like before you sleep or during your sleep or whatever and whatever them pills did and just wasn't doing it. So I'm like, I need to get off this because in one way or another, it's just not healthy. And th- those particular pills like too, they, they uh, apparently have a tendency to increase appetite. So I also had a little bit of weight gain over the past few years. So I'm like, ah, how about let's just get rid of all these things that aren't great for me. So. It hit that metabolism hard probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, good chance. And now the funny thing is it's been pretty much a week since I've been off them, but like I just don't have the same hunger anymore. <laughs> I'm like, oh, this works. You mean like in general or like just in general? It's not like that I don't food. get hungry. I just I get hungry less often unless oh, like oh, ferociously. Oh, oh. I thought when you said hunger, I thought you meant like hungry for work or, or like for pre- No, I yeah, not, you, not I didn't like know you that. meant food wise. No, not like that. It, it also just, it, I don't know, there's just a few a few subtle changes that, you know, you just feel like, um, I don't know. It's like a little bit of old me came back in a way. Like, 
just I can process things slightly differently now because there's like less haze. I was talking to a friend of mine and I was telling her that like it's weird for me to sort of not weird at all. It's definitely like out of the norm for me to not say how I feel because I have a, a tendency like a hundred percent tendency just to like say whatever's on my mind because I think it's funny and like it just it comes out sometimes in the worst possible way which I don't want you know I want I want to like articulate and just think before you know th it's not that I'm saying anything horrendous or like you know more rude or whatever it's like I just I want to be more conscious of what I actually put out into the universe especially when it comes to like content and you know especially like now that I started a TikTok for the podcast it's like I want I want more of accountability when it comes to content and when it comes to like yeah when you get a big man you don't want to get canceled <laughs> well, the, I mean it's like at that point in my you gotta life, be mindful of what you say yeah it's it's like and I'm not saying anything completely outrageous but it's just like when it comes to just day-to-day -day life I'm trying to constantly monitor that when it comes to like I I went through my Twitter the other day with a friend of mine and it just the stuff, bro, we could go through that thing for hours. It just like, I literally laughed my balls off. But at the same time, it was like, why did I say that? <laughs> why? It's a dangerous thing. Like, how stupid am I? <laughs> oh, I, I used to do that with uh, Google reviews. That was my secret uh, passion project that no one knew. <laughs> so... I, I, I'm well aware that Twitter could get trouble, but like I would write uh, in my insomnia, insomnia infused nights, uh, I, I guess pre sleeping pills. I used to write reviews for just any place I visit because Google was really trying to get people to like review stuff, um, even though there was like pretty much no incentive. Uh, so I would write the most ridiculous reviews to places and uh, I would say some pretty interesting things that, like, now looking back on, I'm like, I don't remember writing that. Like, yeah. like, I have a vague memory now, but, uh, yeah, I didn't say anything, like, vulgar or grotesque, but I, uh, I, I would find colorful ways to describe my hatred for something right. <laughs> in a comedic manner. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I <clears throat> it's I think it for me personally, because I grew up playing punk rock and like just that sort of universe where I came from, my natural inclination is to just let it fly, especially when it came out on paper and in songs. You know, I like I would say stuff that was really straightforward, but in like the most personal way. But, you know, it was raw and flat out emotion, which is what you want when you're listening to punk and like you have that sort of lane, you know, especially. But now, you know, with this record that I'm writing, I'm writing all this stuff out on paper and it's like it's real. Like it's 100 percent real, but I've taken it back when it comes to how uh how upfront I want to be, you know, when it comes to like how I want people to understand like certain aspects of what I'm saying. You know, not 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 being a hundred percent uh raw necessarily, but sort of stuff that'll make you think, you know, and uh and it's sort of identify it with maybe their own journey that's kind of what i want for this record you know because i'm not in a band anymore and so i want it's my ideas purely coming from me you know it's not just i have it's not like i have two other members anymore to sort of put their influence Be interesting to hear. in the writing i do it it's mike i've never written like this before i've never had an opportunity to really get in front of a mic and say how i feel uh about getting older, really, I guess is probably the biggest thing. You know, you and I are approaching 30. It's like, it's not... It's, it's a weird feeling. It's weird. It's like we're not... 
we're not those kids in Rutland anymore, you know? <laughs> the, the funny thing about it, because it's like, I mean, honestly, 30 is not that old, but it's like no. once you're 30, you're not really like a young man anymore or a young adult. It's like you're an adult. And it's like that's the weird transition because you go through like these these phases of, you know, late teenager, early 20s, and eh, they're all kind of muddied together <laughs> right. to a degree. And then, you know, mid-20s, eh, all right, you know, still, I, I'm like a more mature young young man. But then all of a sudden, it's like, once, you, once you're starting to push 30, it's like, whoa, wait a minute. All those days are gone now. Now I'm just a freaking regular adult. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no. I'm like, I have, why, I mean, I always had two jobs. It's just like, I had these jobs and I had these responsibilities. It's like, why am I here? Why did the time go by so fast? But you know, it does. It does. It is what it is. I suppose. I'm. I've made. You know everything that I've gone through within this past like two, three year time span, and it's been a lot. Like I've. It's. You know, f from losing friends to uh, in passing, or you know, like starting the podcast and like losing a band and sort of you know, approaching an older age and having uh, a steady job, you know, a really a steady job instead of, like, bouncing from thing to thing. It's like, I'm at a place now where I am, I get more excited for what's next instead of dreading what I'm not doing, if that makes any sense. Yeah. You know, I... And then I think about your career on YouTube. It's like your videos have always progressed in my mind. Like you've always had sort of like you level up when it comes to your content. You know, it doesn't and you don't have a specific box, which is what's great about your channel. You know, you just kind of go from uh, from topic to topic and, you know, accentuate the um the uh not the positives but accentuate the main points i guess is what i could say i yeah, appreciate that i guess it's like i guess it has a box if you consider uh my interests being the box because it's like i only want to make videos on things i'm interested in yeah I'm never gonna do something outside of that so i guess there's that but i do have that freedom of it being sort of my expressive outlet so it's usually re revolves a, a bit around creative things but like there's also like other topics and thoughts I've had about certain topics that I don't think have really been explored. And I think that's the heart of the channel is how my approach to creativity tends to be more explorative, which explorative, explorative, whichever one, yeah. whatever, whichever one's the proper grammar. Um, Excellent. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, and that's also why I've, I've learned what I've learned at this point because I've always been a curious fella and always wanted to like learn more and do more. And I've always been uh, particularly hungry and aggressive about my learning in these projects. And that's that's why like so quickly in Atlanta, I've like progressed to being one of the go-to like photographers for real estate, at least within the higher end market right. like in certain areas. What is your opinion on algorithms when it comes to like who is getting what kind of attention on each platform? Like how, you know, when it comes to like, you know, social media in particular, obviously, is like when it comes to like TikTok or, you know, uh, like what's popular on Spotify, you know, like what what actually... What do you think about that when it comes to your channel and like where do you how do you decide what lane you want to be in when it comes to popularity and creativity? Honestly, I, I think too much attention is given to them because too many people are trying to please it. And some some platforms are too wishy-washy with their algorithms and some platforms rely too much on algorithms. So Instagram is notoriously hard to grow on right now because they keep changing what the algorithm favors and this, that, and the other thing. And there's nothing human about the algorithm. Like it looks for trends and people hop on the trends, but like you, you will never really gain loyalty and popularity based on trends alone. Like 
what I love about YouTube is that YouTube at its core is really run by Google. And not that Google's like perfect or anything, but they, they kind of have their, um, I don't want to say algorithm again, but I mean, they really have the back end locked down pretty well is that it really hunts for the actual content that's involved in it. So if you make good content about a specific topic, typically it can recognize that and help share it. And at the end of the day, you're, the algorithm's goal is really just to, or the, the goal should be just to deliver something that already exists to someone who's looking for it. So if I make a video about a specific topic and I cover it better than anyone else, which based on the words I use and the imagery I use, you know, it looks at all those things. Uh, it should be able to, a good algorithm can say, all right, he covered these topics that these other videos didn't cover and combine that information together and put it to the people who are searching for it. So it's like YouTube, I understand better because they, they they're not like trying to change things and trick things. It's, it's different. And then any platform that you feel like you have to appease the algorithm rather than the audience, that's not a healthy platform to be on. You're going to get burned out and you're always going to be trying to hunt the wrong thing because then you're not making content that you want to make. You're making content to piece a false entity, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. And, and not only that, but like you lose who you are as a creator. Yeah. because and that, That's something a lot of creators struggle with because they'll get burned out trying to do that and they're, they stray away from what, you know, what they originally started with. So to me, it's like, Sure, I'll, I'll try to find the right tags and things like that. But at the end of the day, I'm trying to make the best content. And, and I even hate using that word, but I, I try to make the best videos about, you know, any given topic that I'm trying to do. If I'm trying to make a video about something, I want it to be authentic. one of the best you, you could find it. Yeah. And not only that, but it's like you want, you don't want to stray away from what made you get started in doing it in the first place. Yeah. Like my channel, for instance, like even this last video I did about the CRC review, I still did like kind of funny things and, but still like was, <laughs> don't breathe their coffee, man. <laughs> <laughs> Pro tip, right there. <laughs> Pro tip. Don't breathe in your coffee. Just, <laughs> I mean, some countries might do it, but not, not in America. This is America where we drink our coffee and go bananas. <laughs> Oof. You were saying. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There's the new TikTok video right there. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, I think. For me personally, when I went and did that CRC video, I hadn't done a YouTube review in a while, but I still maintain that sort of basic flavor of the channel where it was me and I still did a couple of funny things, but it wasn't anything really electronic. You know, it, it had to do with electronics on some of the things, you know, like the, uh, the pickup, like the humbucker pickup and like the headstock with all the different tuners and the, like the lock-in tuners and stuff like that. But it was still me, you know, and even I was talking to Corey about this. He, he texted me. He's like, you know, if you wanted the specifics for the guitar, you could have just texted me. But even <laughs> then, it was like, I'm not, I'm not a, an electronics or a hardware type of review kind of guy. It's supposed to be sort of like, uh, you know, flat write out how I feel about a product. It's not meant to be directed to some sort of uh, like I work for this company or that company. It's like I don't work sure. for I don't work for CRC. I don't work for Well if you're a user for a specific product, I mean that's gonna be most people. So your opinion as just a strike to user, I mean, holds holds value in that regard because yeah. it's going to be more relatable. Absolutely. It's like, it's up to you whether you, it's like, you know what it is, bro? I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's when you go see a movie, okay? And say it's based on a true story or it's based on a book or something like that. The consumer, it's up to them whether they believe the story or whether they don't. It's up to you. You know, it's not, it's not up to me to say whether the product is believable or not believable, you have to go out there and try it for yourself. That's exactly how I feel about 
everything that I review, you know, whether I give it a good review or I say a couple things that suck, you know, if it sucks, I really don't want to review it. You know, I'll say the good things about it and I'll say the things that I don't really care for. I won't say that something's terrible. That's not me. I'm not Simon Cowell. <laughs> I was, um, you know I was talking about this recently with, uh, I, I'm in a discord group with a bunch of other, uh, creatives. Some of them are, they've got pretty big channels or successful channels or whatnot. So a lot of them are also like tech reviewers or anything, which is something I've more or less strayed away from, but like I, I could relate there. We were talking about reviewers and that it, it's hard to take a reviewer seriously when they're like too extreme on either end. Yeah. Like the ones who just are like, this is the greatest thing ever. And they have nothing but good to say about something or, or versus the ones who like clearly, obviously only want to say, bad stuff it's like you, you can't really take either, either of them seriously because it's almost like there's an agenda yeah. if they're too positive then well it's like i mean nothing's perfect so and it's not tell me the bad it's never going to be That's the and thing. then then you start questioning their motives like okay well were they paid to be positive are they being positive so that more companies are you know liable to give them more products and yeah. things like that and if they're negative are they doing it just to be the devil's advocate like a good review will mention, you know, something that's negative. And then sometimes, you know, to be fair, that uh, to, be fair. Be like, what? Uh, to be fair, to be fair, I mean, sometimes there aren't a lot of negative things to say about a product. I mean, if something's priced super well and it only has like a couple of negligible faults, I mean, mention them, but like at the end of the day, that's it's fine by me. Yeah. It, again, you know, it's, it's up to the person. Like I have, I have a few friends that are very, uh, very critical, you know, which it's, it's like they're critical sometimes to a fault, but it, it doesn't have any, what are they so angry about? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, they're critical to a fault when it comes to like Marvel or star Wars or something like that. It's yeah. like, bro, first of all, you can't do anything about this. Secondly, <laughs> yeah. secondly, you know, it's it's content. They're trying to to put it out any way that they can to get the consumer's money. Take Disney Plus, for example. Disney Plus is going to put out whatever garbage that they want to put out or greatness or gold. You know, it's like you could either light a turd on fire or, you know, uh, polish off something great. So it's like you're not for me. Yeah. Take the Kenobi series, for instance. You either love it. Or you hate it. And me, I love all that stuff. It's like I'm a huge Star Wars fan. And I'm not going to go in there so close-minded that I'm going to go, click, sorry, I can't watch this because it doesn't meet my expectations. I will see it all the way through because I'm a fan. You know, it's like you're a fan of that product. You want to see where it goes. That's my type of mentality. Are you the same way? Um, Same but different. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'll, I'll explain. <laughs> right. So I, I don't get caught up in fandoms. If anything, I'll get more critical because of the fandom, but probably not. Like, I'm, I'm pretty fair when it comes to that stuff. Like, I, I grew up loving Marvel stuff and Star Wars stuff because it's fun. But it, it's evolved into something where people care, obviously, way too much. And is that at a point where you almost can't succeed because someone, you know... The fandom is just way too out of control, and it, the the problem is that I think too many people are trying to appease the fandom, and that's the part that starts breaking down my respect for a lot of the shows because a lot of them just feel like fluff pieces where they made it only to appease certain groups, but like they they forgot about making good cinema, good stories. And for me, that's all I care about is whether it's going to be like filmed well and a good story. Yeah. And like, I don't, I don't have this years built up of like, I watched the movies. I didn't read no books. <laughs> I did. I, I read some comic books for Marvel, like some of the old stuff, but it's truly impossible to keep up on how much, how many are out there. There's so much, like, there's so many superheroes. It's like, how at the you... end of the day, I don't really care about whether certain uh, backstories and like interwoven things all line up because, you know, they're, it's just different. But to me, it's like once you start 
breaking a story down in the wrong way, like telling the story that just doesn't make sense just to include stuff. I can't back it up. Like it, it just, it falls apart. And I, I've had a negative view towards a lot of Disney plus stuff because that's exactly how it feels like they've been approaching it. And it's just like, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, is it a good show and is it a good movie? And not if it met my expectations of what I thought it should be. I so think, uh, you know, at, the, but at the same time, to be fair to them, it's still a lot better than most network shows. Yes. Like, like the quality that comes out, even at like at its worst moments, I'm like, we're, we're, we're comparing its worst moments to like what the films, like what the actual in theater movies effects and quality would look like, which isn't fair to a show because the, the timeline is much smaller. And no commercial. I sympathize with the people making these because they have to pump out so much footage and co content and production in such a small amount of time yeah. that it's difficult. But good writing is good writing. And if it lacks that, then. <laughs> That's like, you know, I mean, you're right about that because like these when it comes to the consumer they don't have to go through any commercials anymore it's like it's all yeah. right there and accessible like for instance hulu like when hulu comes out with a one of like their original shows when they do a season they don't come out with just one episode a week they come out with everything right at once yeah right at once even if they have to wait even if the consumer has to the person watching has to wait a little while it's like it's all right there when they say the date is releasing they release all of it so i mean that's we're spoiled when it comes to that you know when it comes yeah. to like having the content readily available. i've learned in order to keep their subscribers that they have to stagger the shows yeah absolutely um, Absolutely. Because like netflix i think fell victim a little bit to that because they're the first to do the like the whole season release and then binge it but netflix is also losing subscribers so yeah, i know everyone jumped on the bandwagon paramount uh you know disney plus obviously i hate it but also it's just that's how it works i mean yeah you can't have a monopoly on it so that's just part of the thing so yeah. i mean it's better than cable cable's crap so cable's crap and more expensive it's more expensive, and it's just the quality because uh, you can't even get 4K on cable. Dude, I'm in the heart. Speaking of that, like I'm in the heart. Most of... is just 720p still. What is? Uh, cable. The pipeline is mostly 480p and 720p. You're kidding? Yeah, they don't do 4K. I think at best you'll see 1080p, but for the most part, the daily streaming stuff it, it's low quality. Right. I, th I think it might be at 720p, but like. You know, for instance, this point, I, anyway. when it comes to quality, you know, that's that's what I want. You know, I want accurate, uh, accurate viewing. And like it sucks because I'm right in the heart of my town, like literally the center, right next to the center of the town. And the Internet is still the worst. <laughs> the yeah. worst. It's like and fiber optic just came to town and they still haven't done my street. Like they're just it's so like lackluster when it comes to where they want to put things and you know how uh how ridiculous it is that they couldn't just do the whole town it's like if you're gonna do something do it right do the whole town do the surrounding towns like fitzwilliam which is 40 minutes away you know 35 40 minutes away they have fiber optic and they're not even close to the freaking internet source it's like they're, they're out in bung county new hampshire and I'm right here in the middle of it, and I still can't get good in. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, Very, yeah. I wouldn't want that job, but true. true. It's it's also sometimes they just save the money. Like, I have a friend out in uh, Tennessee. He lives in the middle of nowhere, and his biggest struggle for years was not having, like, his internet was so slow. He was getting, like, two megabytes down. Oh. Uh, or megabits, actually. It's even slower than that. Uh, so he was like begging them forever to like, because like just down the street a little bit, they had much faster internet, but his street just, they refused to give it to him because it just wasn't worth it to them. He still paid for the, the expensive internet basically, but they're like, yeah, you'll pay that. But cause you have no other option here. So he ended up getting, uh, uh, Starlink, the Elon Musk internet. And it's like much better. 
Well, I that's amazing. I didn't know that was available. Where is it available? Well, that, that's the point. It's a pretty much a globally available thing. Oh wow! Uh, it's a, a really fast satellite internet network because satellite internet has always been kind of crappy. So how he does it is it basically makes a mesh network with all the satellites and it it's just more consistent and fast. So as they've been launching satellites, the, the coverage is increasing, but his goal is to have global coverage so that pretty much any poor country would have internet access because it's just Man, right up there. You don't have to worry about cables and all that. That guy, that guy is, he's got the monopoly, bro. It's insane. Like how you imagine being that intelligent, like actually just having that amount of knowledge and you know, you're more like making the right decisions and hiring the right people. Cause he doesn't do it all on his own. <laughs> no, 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 absolutely. I mean, it's like, you have to have a team of people, but I mean, it's like, there has to be a spark for that. Yeah. You know, you can't just say, Hey, I want to start this company. You know, there's, you know, there needs to be moving parts. Like, you know, when Tom DeLong went to go start, uh, to the stars where like whatever his flipping Academy is with all, you know, the aliens and like UFOs or whatever it is. It's like, no, he does that. Oh dude, he's insane. Like, I mean, he went out and got, you know, not insane, like mentally, just mentally insane. Yeah. yeah you have to watch what you got... say in case, in case uh, you ever want to have a chance of having him on the show. Oh, I love him to death. <laughs> I love him to death. I would die and go anywhere to have him on the show. I've had like his photographer for uh, angels and airwaves. I'm even wearing, yeah, a, listen shirt. To that. I'm wearing a shirt right now. <laughs> so I, I, I listened, I listened to that episode. That was great. Dude. Kevin Trow is a, very special human being and a sweetheart of a guy. Like we, when he came on the show, it was like, it was like what every kid wants to hear for a story of stardom. Like you imagine just being in the crowd of these bands and someone says, Hey, let's, let's go do catering. You know, we want, we need somebody random, like to pick somebody random, like how fortunate, but you know, back to what I was saying, like with Tom's company, you know, he, literally started biggest punk rocker in the universe, you know, makes money now and has like everything fueling in a machine where he picked the right people to run his company. Like, you know, people who know what they're talking about, experts surrounding the topic that he's interested in. So clearly, you know, he's doing something right. If he can have something going and, uh, and really not needing to be there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, but anyway, back to what we were talking about. Uh, when it comes to, like, the ideas that you have, what actually stands out in your mind as something that needs to be put out there for, for people to see? Like, what actually puts an idea in motion for you? Like, when you go to make a video... Is there something that takes precedence? Um, well, if I can afford it, for one. Yeah, good <laughs> I have point. a lot of ideas I can't afford yet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like I said before, it's, it's the exploration of a topic or trying something that hasn't been tried before. Uh, you know, new ideas of something that could change, something that, you know, might have not been accessible for people before. Like I was talking with a, a friend earlier about you know plans for uh, making uh, drone shells that are powered off of a phone uh, instead because you know you can you can buy a ridiculously cheap phone now like like the other day I bought I bought an Android phone for like thirty bucks and it was powerful enough that it could run a drone software and if you had these like sh drone shells that you could just pop a USB <laughs> Android device in and then run Android on it. And then if it had a SIM card, it can run it, you know, data plans or whatever. You could fly these things like forever and, you know, be actually really cheap to make. Right. And that paired with the uh, cinema camera app that I've been testing that I'm finally releasing the video on. Um, oh, we got to talk about that. Yeah, we I tell you, that's been quite the journey, but like ideas of like things like that, making a custom swappable drone kit type thing that just hasn't been done. Cause it's not 
a really accessible uh, piece of technology. I mean, it's more accessible than it ever has been, but like having something that's that standardized that you could just swap things out, you know, run on pretty much anything. Uh, think ideas like that, uh, building a cinema camera from scratch, which hasn't really been done before, at least not in a way that's imitatable. Um, I don't know. I've got a few others. Pasta PC version two. <laughs> thought about that for a while. That I didn't know about. Why isn't that a thing yet? What is going on? Oh, uh, that one's budget because uh, uh, in order to one up it, I've got to do some stuff. But it will be uh, the main. The main thing of that one is that it would be cooled by pasta sauce. Exactly. Of course it would, right? It's a vegan pasta. No. There, I mean, there's, there's a. I always have ideas, you know. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it's just what would be interesting. Like, what would entertain me to watch? And I mean, mostly that it's either going to entertain someone or educate someone. If right. I can give someone ideas to do something better than me, that's also a win in my book. Because, you know, some people are just better at certain things. But if I can give them the idea to run with something else, that'd be awesome. Like I, one of my friends, he has a YouTube channel, which does it better than me. Uh, he uh, he does more like engine stuff. And I'm like, well, what if we made like a tiny drone that ran on like diesel fuel instead of being electronic? Because he only does like diesel stuff. And like, well, no one's made like a diesel drone before. Like that'd be, that'd be sick. Like, oh. I mean, it would make some people mad, but like some people happy at the same time. But yeah, I mean, it's like those those engines run forever. Engines- oh, that too. Like the biggest issue is uh, weight, because right. That that's the trouble. But that's also the trouble with most electronic drones too. Is that batteries are heavy, so weight and cost. Able to like make a balanced drone, you know, making something that just works. Yeah, uh, would be interesting. With the cost of fuel these days, like diesel, still like. You know, I can't imagine that the fuel tank for that thing would be big. You know, it, it, yeah, it, would, it wouldn't even need to be because it it probably wouldn't need to. Uh, uh, it wouldn't need much fuel to run. All right. So it, it's just interesting stuff that, like, I just I come up with ideas so often that I know I'll never really run out because they come they come a little too easily because my mind is too fast. Now, whether I do it and stick to it or not is a a different story, but the good ones usually I'll write down and they're, they're on a to-do list. Now, that's a good question for you actually is when, you know, being creative, when you have these ideas, do you write anything down in a notebook, like exactly what you want to do? Or is it just like something that you can remember? Because for me, uh, it, it kind of works like a, a thought cloud in a way. If I can remember the key idea then i'll remember the details around it so if i write something down so i don't remember the whole thought cloud in general if i write that that down then it can usually spark the rest of the memories around it yeah because my dad like for instance my dad's got add and so yeah same he literally will be on the phone with somebody and somebody will be telling him a number or like somebody's you know cell phone number or something like that and he'll he likes to get up and walk around when he's on the phone. And so, like, he'll go all over the place. He was up the street one time. My dad, literally, here's a good story for you. Like, I went outside looking for him one day. I was at his house, and I'm looking for him. Like, he's usually in the garage, but, like, he he just wanders off sometimes. And so, one day, I go out, and I can hear him talking, but I look up. He's up the road. Like, he's up the road speaking to somebody on the phone. And he looks down, he looks down the road, like while he's on the phone and I'm there standing at the end of our driveway like this, like, what, what are you doing? Where are you going? Like, what are you... <laughs> like the road is calling my name. Why are you up there? Like, I'll be down in a minute. And he, like, when I say up the road, he's at the top of the hill where the school is. And <laughs> I'm just like, where are you going? But he'll like somebody like going back to what I was saying, like he'll tell my dad a number and my dad will just write it on like a random piece of wood or something like that. Or just like, he'll go write it on the garage or something. And, uh, like for me personally, if I get an idea, my notebook is legit right here at hand. That way I can, 
like a lyric or something like that or, or, or even a riff, I'll take my cell phone out and, uh, and just record something because I know that I'll forget it later. That's how much your brain works. It's like it's just high-powered. You know, you have to get that thing out on paper. Right yeah. Away. Yeah. I have a, a like a, a cloud save note app that helps with that. If I have an idea that I'm like this, I need to not lose, then I'll, I'll put it in there. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. I mean, it's funny, bro. Like I, I have such a hard time with what takes precedence in writing songs. Like if I have an idea, I run with it. I don't have many ideas. I have one thing that I can focus on at a time. You know, is it, is it tough having that type of brain to where you have a lot of ideas that are good and, or, you know, something that could stand out to you that you have to pick or do you, do you, can you differentiate that? Like, can you differentiate something that comes first? Uh, good question, actually, because I, I've thought about making a video about that uh, because it, when you have like ADHD, obviously you have to sort of adapt to it. And usually people who have it, if they're forced to think more traditionally and be more regimented, uh, it's tough because you're just not the most efficient that way. It defies logic of, what most people define efficiency as, but it's like, I also can get my tasks done faster if I do it my way, <laughs> which to me, typically I just have to juggernaut through something. So I know that the best way for me to finish something, especially if it's a big project is to do it all at once. Yeah. At least for the most part, like I can take a break like today, uh, that project that I've been working on for eight months, I've been collecting the, data and the footage and everything for this huge project but i haven't edited any of the timeline of the whole thing until today and i'm almost done and that's a 40 minute video <laughs> and i did most of it today holy with multiple camera angles and everything so it's like i can plow through a project if i put my mind to it and sit down on it. i had to take a break because i had an appointment I, I had work i had to get to but yeah like yeah. You bet your butt I'm going to finish it either tonight or tomorrow morning. What do you got like, for a, uh, can you say a release date for what's going on? Or This weekend. It's either going to be tomorrow or Sunday. Uh, if I get it uploading, then it might take some time for, for it to process and get all that. But it is this weekend, uh, like Monday at the latest. But it'll be this weekend because I've started it and now I can't stop. So. <laughs> but I, I, I am really proud of this one because uh it, it meant a lot to me because it's it's the uh for anyone who doesn't remember the last time we talked about it it's an application that lets you record raw video on a smartphone which is just never been done i mean a lot of phones don't even shoot raw pictures i mean more of them now uh for sure but uh it hasn't been done because it's not something that's technically possible by traditional standards but this uh software developer figured out a way to do it and uh he made this app available like it was like january i think he released it yeah and since january uh because i found about, out about it uh pretty quickly because i made a video talking about the idea of doing this uh a, a year prior uh to this guy making it uh so i talked about it and made like a really crappy version of what it might look like. I I did as best as I could, but I'm no software developer. So this, I get this email one day from this like Russian guy. So it's in my spam folder. I have to check it because sometimes stuff just ends up in there. But I see like this Russian name and then talking about my video. And he's like, hey, there's an app that lets you do it now. And it's like this link to this GitHub page. GitHub is like programmers sharing site for software they make. And I'm like, not clicking that. <laughs> no, no, thank you. So I'm like, but I'm still curious because I was like, I made a video about this. This guy's watched it because that's why he's talking about it to me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to search it. So I, I looked it up and on the Google Play Store, there it is. I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot. So I tried it and I'm like, dang, this is real. Yeah. And I, you can't really fool me because I'm 
I'm too experienced in this type of work at this point. This I know kid thinks he's smarter than everybody. Just say it, uh, okay? No, not really. But the uh, the footage was authentic. It was raw video, like yeah. genuine raw video. Yeah. I'm like, how is this possible? This doesn't make sense. So I reached out to the software developer, and he agreed to an interview with me. So I have a whole video interview right. with him. Right. And that's a huge part of this video is talking about his process, how he did it, why he did it, and, you know, the implica implications for the future. Because this changes a lot of things because a lot of people have, you know, a lot of camera companies kind of have it under their thumb of, like, who can record in high standard quality videos and all that. But this opens up to, you know, just regular old kids with an Android phone can start making short films in legendary quality. How did you interview him when it came about? Like, did you uh, audio record it or did you video record it? What was your full video recording? Uh, full video recording with a couple camera angles and whatnot. Uh, I went, I went all in <laughs> full podcast mode, bro. Pretty much. Uh, Which I it, it was, it was, years. he was such a, a cool guy. And genuinely cares about what he made and what people think of it and what you know how he can help this thing too and yeah. he finally released a paid version of the app because it was free for the longest time right but he uh he he smoothed some corners out so that he could justify a paid version because he was scared at first he's like i want it to make sure it's working for enough people before i make a paid version yeah uh, and the paid version isn't too much different from the free version it just has more like pro features and it's more of just a way to support the development of it which i had no issue supporting because i was just like he made something that just wasn't possible so like this man deserves money <laughs> which brings up a question of you know why is it important to take your time on any project you know it, it's when it comes to like creativity, for instance, you know, I think we, when we were talking on the phone the other day, you had brought up a comment that it doesn't matter if you're posting, you know, every single day, maybe twice a week or something like that. When your content comes out and it's good, you know, that's that quality of an artist or a YouTuber or a musician, you know, like for me, for instance, I have waited to uh, get this record right, to get it correct to where I, it's satisfactory to me and I'm not just trying to push, push out content, push out content, push out, you know, it's like yeah. you need to have, a, you need to have boundaries when it comes to like uh, how accurate something really could be. You know, it's like, so what, how, how has that influenced you when it comes to say this project? I definitely wanted it to be right because I've rushed some projects before and I wasn't proud of them in the end because, yeah. you know, I just pushed it out. I'm like, well, it has to get done. And like, I've, I've reached some roadblocks where I'm like, I can't do much else with this, but it's gotta, gotta be finished. This one I wanted to take, it take, it took way longer than I wanted it to, but, uh, two things contributed to that. One, I was working 70 to 80 hours a week, which, <laughs> always fun always a great time am I not right? not great so i had no time to really finish it except for like the the footage i would get from time to time which i was collecting and it was good because i got a lot of good footage because i you know between different places i travel to and go to I, I could get a nice variety and test it in different environments but two he also kept updating the app with new features so that i'd have to like retest things on so it's like it took time in that regard to really put it through its paces and to like really test its metal. Uh, I feel bad because I, I told him that it would only take a few weeks to finish the video and it's been eight months, <laughs> but oopsie daisy. Uh, it'll be better in the long run for it. But yeah, back to the original question. It's uh, it, like, like I said, it, some platforms are, do not reward quality as much as quantity. Quantity, like TikTok, Instagram, it's about pushing stuff out yeah. as much as you can and, you know, trying to praise the algorithm. But YouTube is a little better because I think 
And I've definitely seen it in practice uh, with some creators that they don't post often, but some there are some that post such good quality stuff that people don't care. They'll like they they'll wait however long it takes for that person to put out their video because they know that it's going to be good when they get it. Yeah. Like there's one creator in particular, DIY Perks. He makes he makes some ridiculous stuff, like mostly electronic based, but like he makes like really nice handcrafted stuff and usually invent something that you know revolutionizes certain things like he made a ps5 the size of a dvd case oh my but gosh. the thing that was crazy about it is that it had better cooling than than the original one because he made its own heat sink and like new type of vapor chair but he like handcrafts and brilliantly designs these things and some of his videos you know are like 30 minutes 40 minutes long uh, but they're worth it because you're watching this man be a master at what he does. And sometimes it takes him, I think he took like six months on one video. And no one unsubscribed, uh, maybe some did, but like he still gained subscribers and gets reported on people, you know, write articles about him and all that stuff. Because every time he makes something, it's really, really good. And he doesn't suffer from not posting constantly because that's not what his channel's about. I'm going to take a pause. Okay, ready? This is for Kobe. You disrespect Kobe like that. For the people who are just listening. Sorry, I failed. Sam uh, went for the three points and got nothing. Look, I'm tr I tried, okay? That's the main thing. What do you want from me? Yeah, well... It's going to be some great content, but clearly... You not. had to bring Kobe into this. You didn't have to. I mean, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of this episode. Kobe would be ashamed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, people are going to be ashamed and disappointed when they realize how small a part Kobe had to play in this whole video. Yeah. Or podcast. I, I forget. See, that's how you know I'm a video boy. Yeah, but I could be a podcast boy. You I'm, need I'm to, bro. I've been it. telling you this for years. I like, get it together. I'm thinking about it. Sheesh. See, I know some people that I know would join me. And, yeah, I'd be on but 100%. like percent. There's, I mean, I want to know for sure. I have like a good amount of people that I could get on, but yeah, it could be interesting. I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to it. I'm. Uh, I think for just want to make sure I can commit to something. That's the thing. It's like for me, like this is, this has been a passion project for nearly three years now. You know, this January is going to be three years that I've been doing the podcast. I cannot, oh, wow. I can't believe it. And I've like, honestly, not even on a serious side for a second. I really have believed to my core that I have uh, benefited mentally from having like really amazing guests on that have taught me a lot, you know, taught me a lot about, about comedy, about music, about photography, uh, about YouTube. Like, you know, you come in and, and really school me on a lot of things and it's like, it's important to me. And, it, and even the podcasting world, you know, sports and stuff like that. It's like, no matter what lane people are in, that's what this show is all about is having people with their specific lane teach me something so that I can benefit and maybe help somebody else, you know, uh, and help whoever's listening too. Exactly. So for you, I think that that's very important. You know, it's like you have something that other people don't, which is experience on, you know, why YouTube works for you. So it's like, I think personally for you to start up your own show would be uh, very behooving and, you know, not, not really slighted in any way because you actually have something to say when it comes to experience that's under your belt because you've been doing this for so long. Still can get better, but sure, absolutely. As my mother says, I have this insatiable desire to create. Your mother <laughs> does not like you. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know what I want to ask you. Like a back in the day question. 
Uh-oh. When you were growing up, how much French was spoken in your house? Because I know that your father is pretty much 100%. Am I? That's right. Yeah. Uh, well, French was my first language. And then... Oh, my gosh. It stopped when I was like five. Really? Yeah. So you don't, did you retain any of it? Like, do you remember anything? Or... It's, it's super, super rusty. But wow. it's one of those things that if I went back, the, the rust would slowly dissolve and i'd probably get back there because, because it's like it's like core memory stuff but yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. Right. Uh, like I, I can understand uh to some degree depending on who's speaking it like my dad has pretty clear french but uh yeah, yeah. other people with strong quebecois accents i don't know je m'appelle samuel clap comment t'appelles-tu allons-y <laughs> Uh, well, <laughs> there's that. That's all I retain from my French. Hey, that's, uh, that's better than most. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's like, I I think about that all the time where, you know, I wish that I was raised on uh, a foreign language because I feel like English is something that came so naturally to, like, you know, people maybe who for, like, you know, Ross came over from Costa Rica when he was about three. So, no, really? I didn't know that. Um, yeah, he came over from Costa Rica. Uh, my friend George Cotties came over from Chile. And it's like, I I envy those guys because, you know, we went to a restaurant uh, this past uh, Saturday. We went to Hoodstock. You know, we had I had that big show on uh, uh, last Saturday, which is the 13th. And then... Um, you know, we we went to Mijalisco's, which is a local Mexican restaurant in New Hampshire, which is phenomenal. Shout out to those guys if they ever listen. And uh, he just started speaking Spanish to the waiter, and, you know, I did too, obviously. It was just like, it was so cool, like, to see him back in his, uh, not in his element, but, like, it's it's like he just loves that culture, and so do I. So, you know, I wish that I had more chops when it came to a foreign language. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. The brain is so interesting on how it works. Like, when you start speaking Spanish or French or something, like, from day one, your brain just calibrates that. You know, same thing with English. You know, it's like when you see your kids start to understand something slowly and then they finally get a handle on it. I mean, uh, yeah, I would love to learn more Spanish. But, no, it's it's interesting, bro, to see, like, the culture come out with... uh, with different guys. You really didn't know Ross was from Costa Rica? Nope. No, You're a bad no friend. <laughs> it never came up. You never no, said anything. Did, 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 no. <laughs> you never know it either. I, mean, I thought it was just Rutland through and through. What? What What'd you say? I thought he was just Rutland through and through. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, he uh, is so funny. when we were Came st- out of the cabbage patch in Rutland, Vermont, <laughs> and just crawled his way. Crawled his way up the mountain. <laughs> Bro, it was so funny. Uh, you know, we're shooting this documentary or whatever about my life. and You, you keep talking, but I don't believe you yet. Uh, I've got to see a trailer. You don't believe me. I don't have any reason to lie to you. <laughs> i I, I got to see a trailer. I don't know. A trailer? Keep documentary, but I see nothing. Talk to my videographer. He's uh <laughs> Cal. Cal. No, uh, but we were shooting in Rutland, and I think we're going to go back there and do some more stuff. But it was, like, surreal. We actually went back to the apartment where everything started. Like, we went back to the apartment, yeah. and I, I, like, I went back out back to see the playground that we used to hang out. And it was, like, it was so nostalgic that it was kind of scary. You know, like, it was weird me being there by myself and, you know, just seeing, like, his old place and how really far we've come from you know where that started you know what i'm saying yeah. it's like it's not it doesn't seem like that long ago but it really really was you know even shooting where we like where we played our first show of all time it was like you know it's nothing now there's nothing there like there's no it's just an empty building and i was like wow this place used to be packed every night it's just so, it's so funny. And I think to some degree when I write, 
I take those places with me. I take those experiences and I put them in new songs and I put them in new lyrics and stuff like that. Do you take do you take your old videos sometimes and sort of apply the chops to new stuff or do you just completely have a new idea in mind and run with it? Do you bring like sort of You mean like revisit old videos and like re-edit them absolutely. or No, like re like like say the podcast for instance, I listen to every single podcast that I record so that I can apply what I didn't do before. Like, do you do that with old videos? Do you go, hey, I should have done this better or I should have done that? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, sometimes immediately I realize like something I could have done better, but you have to make that decision like, all right, well, can I just move on and do better next time? And sometimes that's just a better approach than constantly redoing stuff because i've worked on some video projects i mean i'm talking about like years and years ago when i was a teenager right. like constantly restarting animation projects because i would make progress on something get better and then everything i had done previously was already like crap in comparison so i kept like restarting certain projects and to, at the end of the day I had nothing to show for because <laughs> couldn't finish it because i just kept getting better i mean i learned and at the end of the day, it was, uh, you know, learning lessons, but like, I didn't have, I don't know, like you learn something, it's better to finish a project sometime, even if it's not, not great, but like, yeah, I look back on old videos and some of them were incredibly fun to make. And some of them are like, oh, dang, man, I wasn't, I've gotten so much better now. Well, I listened to <laughs> the first podcast that I ever did yesterday. Like I, I went and revisited the audio and was like, oh my gosh. Like, I mean, just the things I was talking about and like the way I spoke and, you know, my non-comfortability, you know, this is a walk in the park compared to three years ago, you know, two and a half, three years ago. So it's like, I appreciate the value of patience. And, you know, like we were talking about earlier, when it comes to pushing out a video or a podcast or a song, I appreciate how you take the time to make something pure instead of just like trying to do this every single time. It's just, it's so much more gratifying than if I were to do something, you know, nuts every day, I guess it's the best way. I could yeah. It, it's tough. I don't, there's some people, uh, I don't know how they put out as much as they do. I mean, I guess it's not like legendary quality, but it's like, I mean, Casey Neistat did a, a vlog every single day. For a whole year, uh, right? Granted, he didn't sleep, I'm sure. <laughs> no. But, like, PewDiePie was doing the same. Uh, there's one guy, uh, Charlie. Uh, his channel's like Penguin Zero or something. Uh, he does, like, two videos a day. It, it's nutty. Uh, wow. But, like, he'll just... I mean... He'll just like go on. He'll have like extra footage in for the stuff he's talking about. Like nothing, I guess, too insane, but like it's still taxing to do that sure much. It but, is. Oh yeah. And then some people like Philip Bloom make straight up masterpieces every single time. Yeah. If you've never watched Philip Bloom, he he is a unique person. So he he's a he's a camera guy. He's you know, a photographer, videographer, uh, a more cinematographer, I'd classify him. He can take a review of something. He can do a review on a drone, like one specific one. I'll have to send you the link. He did a review, I think it was like the Mavic 3 or something like that. I think it was like an hour long. But the thing is, he made it more of a, a movie than he did just a tech review. It's bizarre because he breaks out into like other subjects, but he does it so smoothly uh, that you don't even realize that it's veered off topic. Right. Like it, it feels like it still applies to his review, but it doesn't, but at least not directly, but like he's such a master of storytelling within his videos that it doesn't matter. He, he had like a whole documentary that he put out that didn't have dialogue. And it was like still riveting the whole time. And that's just some people have that talent. I feel like, you know, not to toot my own horn in any way, but I feel like I've developed that sort of lane myself on the podcast to where, you know, I, 
I like to throw in different curveballs here and there, but I still like to maintain what my guest has as uh, a conquest. You know, like, for instance, you know, when Ross came on the show for the first time, he was very reluctant, you know, but it's like by the end of the show, it was just like a conversation him and I have every day because him and I talk every day. So it's like, you know, we always pick up where we left off. And I like that aspect of the show where, you know, every guest that I have on that's returned, you know, we just pick up and start continuing the same conversation that we've had. So you're a conversational bro like that. Oh, hey, you know, I, I get you got you got that gift, the gift of gab, the gift of not it, shutting you up. You can talk to anyone. <laughs> uh, hey, no, I, it, it's perfect for podcasting because you can talk to anyone about anything. You may know nothing about their career, but you can still talk to talk to anyone about their stuff and know how to ask the right questions to keep the conversation going. My brother, I mean, uh, please plug anything that you would like as far as like your YouTube stuff, like talk about, you know, what do you, what do you got coming up that you want people to know about? Shout out your channel, shout out something that you, yeah, uh, the planet arts is pretty much just follow that. It's got Twitter, it's got Instagram, it's got YouTube. I've, uh, due to the recent months of, constant work i'm only just starting to catch up now so watch it that video is gonna be up by probably by the time you listen to this or uh this weekend the uh september or no what are we august august, august. yes august uh... 21st somewhere around there the video will be up it's i think it's a fairly important one great yeah absolutely and from what we've just talked about it's uh it's got a lot of creativity involved and something that maybe a new user or a new creator can uh, can really benefit from. Um, oh, absolutely. I got no Especially I got no dates right now. Hoodstock is done. Uh, I have a new video out called uh, the CRC Guitar Review. It's up on my channel at the Clappinator. Um, C L A P P A N A T E R. Um, go check out my channel, go check out the podcast, go check out my music. Uh, I have, the only thing I got coming up is that I got a private show that I'm playing in, uh, South Tampa coming up on September 10th, something like that, which you are not invited to, unfortunately, but I will be playing. (laughs) And if I can get any, uh, any footage from that, it'll be up on my, uh, on my Instagram, probably if not, um, the, uh, podcast has a TikTok now, which I am sharing clips of uh, old shows and things that I think are interesting or and or funny. Um, the name of the TikTok, give me a second here, is basically you know where you can find any sort of uh any sort of podcast. It's called. You don't know the name of your own TikTok? Well, I just started really, uh, at why are you laughing? Why are you lowercase laughing podcast? Not the words. Why are you laughing? But the letters and, uh, yeah, I already got 831 views on my new video. So. Oh, look at you go. (laughs) Little TikTok star here. Star that's dying. (laughs) Anyway, uh, Hey, brother. Uh, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you being here. As thanks well, for having as me. Coming Yet again. Arts. Yes. And uh, go check out LaPlanet Arts. Check out uh, all his videos and all his glory. And uh, yeah, it's it's good to still be here. A hundred and plus episodes later. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, brother. All right. Hey, thank you guys for tuning in. This has been a Why You Laughing podcast, and we are clear.